I'm just watching instructional guitar videos. It's really what right I'm doing. Right on, man. Okay. Yo, it's Brian. Hey, it's Murdoch. We call ourselves the Story Guys. You find us at wearethestoryguys.com, and we are known for a couple of shows. Uh, Story Guys, the uh, the namesake, and then uh, Rock and Roll Bedtime Stories. And we decided, uh, you know, kind of the, the birth of our friendship was around our love of rock and roll, and so we often talk about our favorite music on and off the mic. We thought we'd throw up an episode talking about our favorite music from our least favorite year. Is this your least favorite year, as long as you've been alive? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's, it kind of just comes out way ahead, right? Like, I don't even really feel like there's another year in the running. I, I, I had a really bad 16. 2016 sucked. There was some death and some job changes and stuff. But man, it was better than 2020. I mean, in certain ways. Yeah. I'd never had a really close friend of mine die, and that happened this year. Um, and that was, um, that was, I, I, I still don't really know how to figure out how I, or any of us, how we feel about it. Yeah. Um, but, um, in retrospect, if I look at Spotify stats and then try to think about other music that I've listened to, Spotify would tell you that I've listened to almost 900, um, is it 900 hours of yeah. music yeah and then and then so plus if you add everything else like i'm thinking i listen to probably two months of music it's it's a it is it a coping mechanism for you a little bit listening to music do you just in general with life since i was five years old yeah. we had to play a game like on sunday my wife and i and there was some question and it was to me i was the answer and she was like, oh, at that at age, were you just hiding hiding in your closet? Is that what you're doing? And I said, no, I was I was in the closet with my boombox and headphones, listening to the radio, yeah. hiding in my closet. Yeah. And so it it was a, a coping mechanism for like a trauma that I didn't even understand at the time. Um, yeah. So it's always been that. I so. had um, a, a ability to use a, a tape recorder and tape things off the radio. And so I'd always try to nail those perfect radio mixtapes where you, oh, yeah. you, you'd wait for them to play the song and you'd hear the beginning strains of it and rush, trip over yourself trying to hit the record and play button at the same time. Oh, yeah. Record and play. Yeah. And I, yeah. And so then, then eventually I figured out like, oh, well, then all, they, they aggregate the songs with Casey Kasem. So if I just listen to that, then I can do that. Working smarter. Um, Right, right. Um, I do have a cassette. It's in my possession from, uh, and if I've said this story, stop me. I do have a cassette in my possession of when there was a radio station in Nashville and they had a call-in thing at night. No delay. They let everyone say whatever they did, and I recorded it. Oh, like, man. I just hit record, and then there was a guy from the FCC who called while they're on the air, and his name was Harry Balford. <laughs> and they made fun of his name. They're like, all right, Harry Balls. <laughs> and at some point, they said, go, well, go ahead, Harry Balls. Turn off the transmitter. Snow. Oh, my um, gosh. Really? And you have this on cassette? I have it on cassette. That's and amazing. then I've, I've, I have reached out in my adult life to the one of the men who are on the air, and he, he totally remembered it. Oh, my God. Um, that's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, there was didn't, so didn't much get fired. magic. So much magic and uh, 
in young discovery of rock and roll, especially in the radio age. And I, I think that's probably why both of us pursued radio, right? I mean, I remember yeah, being like, I, I want to do this. And if you were in the closet with your headphones and your boombox, I'm assuming that was the same motivating factor for you to do to do radio for a while. Yeah. And, and what happened to me where I graduated college and then went to work for some of New York City and then went try to get back into radio. I, I had sort of paid attention to it, but I was I was doing something completely different in my life. And when I got back into radio, I was like, oh, so there's only like three companies and Britney Spears and NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys are on all the radio stations. Well, this is awful. Um, and so I, I've grinned and bared it for um, 20 years and realized that like it was, uh, you know, a product and, you know, just sort of dealt with it. Um, so, but, but that's that. And, and I like to consume my music. Like I like to consume my music. Um, and I think that I've spent an unbelievable amount of money that, you know, I probably could have had in savings or in a retirement account on money or live performances or going somewhere or, you know, yeah, doing all that. Cause that's what I, I really wanted to do. Well, you but, know, I'm, I'm moving houses and the, the problem that I have that you don't have anymore, um, well, it's a problem yes. or an awesomeness, d- depending on how you look at it. I look at it as yeah. being something awesome is I've got to move an armoire full of physical product music. Uh, thousands. I've never counted, but it's tons and tons and tons. And I'm, I look at it as an, an exciting opportunity to dig through the masses again. I mean, it's alphabetized. I re-alphabetized in the last year because what else are you going to do in 2020? Uh, yeah. So it's in good shape. But I do have to move it from one household to another. And uh, yeah, you're the reminder of the inconvenience side of that, though, you know, we talked uh, recently on an episode of Bedtime Stories about the physical product going away and what that does to things that are, um, you know, like changed in, in uh, you know, on Spotify, if they change a, a version of a song and that becomes the canon version yeah. of the song because all the yeah. streaming services have changed it and, and how physical product is the only way around that. So I keep standing by my decision to continue to invest in that medium, but I, uh, I'm probably going to regret it over the next month as I move this massive thing I'm looking at uh, across town. Yeah, you'll, you'll uh, it depends on how much more you acquire, Brian. I mean, I just ended up hiring additional movers. It just moved. And I mean, it's not even, I mean, it's not like, I'm sure it sounds funny, but like, that's really the, the truth. Like, I just didn't want the same people that were handling the other stuff to handle the other stuff. I just wanted it to be separate. Um, because it was also, you know, it was it was categorized or in some order or whatever, and I didn't want the stuff getting shifted around or whatever. It's real particular about my stuff. Yeah. Um, but that's not the case. I will say, though, okay, so this was the worst year ever. And I work in um, healthcare and was immediately affected professionally and personally by the effects of the coronavirus and how it in was invasive into my professional life sure um and um i I worked longer hours this year than i ever worked in my life let me just say that there were times that i would reach out to you at like 11 o'clock at night and be like hey man you want to you want to put some stuff on up for the podcast and you'd just be like dude i'm not done working yet like and that was pretty normal that was pretty normal yeah yeah and that's it's been that case this week as well so but despite that um i thought there was amazing music this year 
um, not just, I mean, I listened to, you know, some music that wasn't just from 2020, obviously, but um, I put a big redneck above the ground pool in my backyard and I listened to music all the damn time. And I went out and I swam in that pool when it was raining and listened to music. Yeah, so, so the, so all of a sudden the idea of that summertime going to the pool or yeah. going to rec center in your hometown or going to the beach were things yeah. we didn't do. That became my thing. Um, so, and sometimes I'd realize I'd be out and, you know, really, you know, we'd have our pod over. We didn't have lots of people over. It'd just be a couple of kids or whatever. And I realized I'm the only person having a moment with this song. Oh, yeah. Like, that happens to me all the time. Yeah, and I'm, <laughs> I'm surrounded by I'll, a population. I was in, where was I the other day? I was like in a bookstore or something and they were playing Zeppelin. What was it? And I was like totally vibing and I was like, no one else in this random place. I don't even think it was a bookstore. I think it was somewhere where it was weird. Oh, I know what it was. It was in Target and they were playing Breeders last, uh, uh, Cannonball, Cannonball off a of last splash. And, and I was just thinking no one in this, no suburban mom in this Target right now has any idea what's happening. That's really funny, dude. <laughs> um, I'm but the last I, splash. But I, um. I did. I really enjoyed a lot of. There was a lot of great music this year that came out that was outstanding. Um, and I, I did make like in a completely unabridged version playlist version. It's like over six hours of my favorite songs just from this year. But I didn't want to share that with our listeners. Like I just have like a you know like a ninety minute movie, hour and a half of songs that I put together. Um, uh, just you know easy. You know, it should be easy to listen to and run through, and it's all different genres. That's awesome. Um, I put together so what we're going to count down today. You and I are going to take turns talking about some of our favorite tunes, um, and I have I'm putting together a very small list of that stuff that we'll have you and me together, and then we'll put up the links to your longer list too, whichever ones you want to put up, so people sure. can find all of that in the show notes and when they go to wearethestoryguys.com, where we put those things. I'll also be working on putting up some lists around other mediums we decided not to discuss on the show, like books and television and, and movies, yep. um, things that I enjoyed this year. Again, I've, I've gotten away from from saying it's the best or from really commenting on stuff that everyone's decided is great. Like I didn't put folklore on my list, a uh, great record, but uh, everybody's yeah. just uniformly decided that's great. So I, I'm, I'm more thinking about things that, especially in a year like 2020 that connected with me and helped, helped me make it through. And so there's a lot of songs that are very on the nose that were written in and around and about what was happening on a global scale that I actually found really comforting, which I don't think on paper I would have. If you had told me, hey, we're going to go through a global pandemic and are you going to want to listen to pop art about the global pandemic? I probably would have said, no, thanks. That sounds very on the nose and stupid. Uh, but I actually found some of it really comforting, even though some of it was kind of cheeseball. Yeah. And last night or the night before, there was a piece I was reading um, you know, and you, you read something and you disagree and the anger bubbles over and you're, you're like, ah! and the whole piece was that for the year of 2020, there was there was no like piece of music or any music that really encapsulated what was kind of going on in everyone's mind. And I thought, well, this prick hasn't listened to Phoebe Bridgers Punisher record. Yeah. Which yeah, right? I, I I like Phoebe Bridgers, but I, I didn't immediately get to that record until I heard, you know, sort of a spotlight about it and her talking about it. And there's a song called Halloween that talks about being by the hospital. Yeah. And uh she was in a relationship with the drummer, broke up with the drummer. 
um, they wrote a song about it. And uh, it's it's really it's really sparse and 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 not among like it it's an odd bird out from the rest of the music I listened to this year. I didn't listen to I mean I did listen to music that was quiet um or introspective but but that's really like in terms of that like that's kind of spot on the money for yeah. me. Yeah. Um well, let's get started, but, man. Yeah, I mean but the but the thing is is that it's the complete opposite and it, it wasn't able to have, you know, the the real success, like, say, for example, that you wouldn't even know that Mr. Bungle had a number one album this year with their, <laughs> their re, they redid their first demo, the Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny demo. Oh, man. Um, I got a yeah. Mr. Bungle story. I worked in a warehouse in college and there was this guy who knew that I was really into music. And so he would try to engage with me about it. And he kept bringing me Mr. Bungle CDs. Yeah, and and let me tell you, um, just not even left field. It's like in the parking lot doing whippets, those early (laughs) records, but those records. But the demo was very different, and it's very heavy, and it's just thrash metal. And Scott Ian from Anthrax plays guitar, and Dave Lombarda. It's it's super fierce. Um, So there is that. Washed Out had a new record that came out this year. Um, A lot of people don't even know they're from... um, from Georgia, uh, Purple Moon was the name of it, and that came out in the summer, and so that was like a real great summer soundtrack. You would think that the that the new Run the Jewels record that came out this year happened after, like we all watched George Floyd got murdered. You would think that Big Mike went into a studio and they recorded it like overnight, and then just gave away that record immediately. Yeah, and it was so timely, and it stung. Um, it was <laughs> master in economics because you took yourself from squalor. Slave. Master at academics because your grace and you were scholar. Slave. Master at Instagram because you can instigate a follow. Shit. Look at all Look these slaves posing on your dollars. Yeah, I mean, that, this is one that's come up a lot, right, across the board. People, uh, you know, and this is this kind of goes to what we were talking about, about what resonates and what feels really of the moment. And, yep. you know, things in the, we're in this unique period, right, where you can go into a studio after you see something like that happen and record yeah. it. And you can go into a studio and put things on a jump drive and send it to your bandmate in the case of one of my, um, kind of the lore built up around one of my selections. And, and you, you can have these things happen almost in real time chronicling things and it's it's interesting it's like you know 2020 cave drawings right like we're we're really yeah. getting this accurate in the moment thing that we can then carry on and look back at and and use as a historical record and i wonder how much of the art from this year will will look back in history books right yeah yeah um and then there's the then there's this there's a there's a time warp right like what happened before march 13th and 16th um sophie allison she's soccer mommy is what her name is and oh she's on my list dude (laughs) and she's she her first record came out and i just thought it was okay yeah yeah i just thought it was gonna flash in the pan sort of thing and she had a record that came out pre-pandemic and like and it kind of i mean kind of disappeared ish it's called color theory and it's it's definitely on um, high on on my my list. Um, 
this song. I have a very specific memory of February, about three weeks before the pandemic started, being with friends in a kitchen cooking. And I've not had an experience of cooking and eating with people since this. And this song was on in the background. I will always remember that. such a late 90s vibe to that song that i cannot get enough of oh my gosh that's high on my list that's like maybe i don't know if i i didn't really have them one to ten listed in terms of which one was the best but this would be near the top yeah and real quick just other honorable mentions i've kind of mentioned kind of the the high points like sylvanesso's new record this uh year was fantastic uh jeff rosenstock like the ska punk thing yeah, yeah, is yeah. amazing. Um, I can't believe that the Rolling Stones, they released the Goathead Soup reissue that they had a song with Jimmy Page just laying around for this long and they haven't released it. <laughs> they were all so um, high they found it in a closet. Why a second? Yeah. What was this? Yeah. yeah. And um, also, if if you are like a big you know, Jimi Hendrix like person if you didn't know they, uh, the Hendrix estate released live at, in Maui it was 1970 it's like his last I think believe it's his last known like recorded concert um, and it sounds like it was recorded into in a studio like yesterday unbelievable how they were were able to, to do that but I do want to end on um, the Leaves of Memory, who had a record that came out this year called Moonshot, that's actually on a lot of people's lists. And Leaves of Memory is is John and Brandon from Super Drag that I've listened to like most of my life, actually. Um, but at towards the end of the year, right before Thanksgiving, they released a, a double A side single, and one of the songs was Grave Mistake. And all the way at the end of the year, I get this song that ends up being like one of my favorite songs of the year. And I'm having trouble kind of piecing it together of like how big this song is important to me overall, because it sounds like power pop and big star, but there's all that country music I listened to as a kid is in there too. Oh man, that slide guitar, dude. Yeah. John Davis writes great. This was a very early connection point for you and I, as I had followed Super Drag somewhat casually, but I definitely was aware of them. And when I first met you, your your deep, deep love of Super Drag came up very quickly, and we bonded over that. Yeah, and now I'm playing their songs that I listened to 25 years ago, Drunken Bars, and so I've learned how to play those. But anyway, those are. I mean, I, I don't want to. Uh, garble like the the whole conversation people have already dumped their best of list everywhere but those are we'll share those um you'll see those in the show notes you'll see my my short list and also my unabridged insane six hour playlist that you can listen to but brian i'm shuffle over to you like tell us about your big picks yeah so what i did was uh I, i really made a list of my songs of the year um that you know wasn't really dependent on my overall love for the artist or overall love for an album. It was just these are songs that really resonated. And at the top of that list was Circle of Drain by uh, 
Soccer Mommy, which we already talked about. Um, but I also had three albums that when I really looked at all the albums I bought or listened to or, or spent a lot of time with this year, these were the ones that came to the top as kind of defining. And so I did not put songs from these albums on that songs list. I let them kind of stand alone as full pieces of work. So that's where I'll start in the first one of those that I put in the three spot where I'd rank these like some sort of radio personality uh, would would be a song um, or, or an album uh, by a band now who wants to be referred to as The Chicks and uh, it's called yep. Gaslighter. Did you spend any time with this record this year? Um, you know, I did it just to sort of discover it because a lot of people liked it. Um, I've I've never really been a Dixie Chicks fan and unapologetically say so. Um, so I thought it was great. Uh, uh, the song, though, because clearly, it, you know, it's directed at certain people um, <laughs> specifically. Um, yes. Yes, it is. Um, you know, and I was a huge fan of the Take the Long Way record uh, back in 06. And this was really their first thing uh, that they'd done around new music since then. And um, so it was great to hear. But the added bonus for me was the Jack Antonoff, who was originally part of a, a emo band called Steel Train. And then he was uh, part of Fun. Um, and then he became Taylor Swift's producer, and he was uh, the, the co-writer and the producer on this album. So there is a lot of his pop sensibility and songwriting style, and you mesh that with their killer harmonies, and I couldn't get enough of it. So yeah, that one that one was on regular rotation. And I will tell you, it, it is a very um, sharp-tongued uh, album. It, it, she is very angry, um, and it makes for some um, really good songs. So that was that was my first one. The second one was an album that like I just unapologetically have to say that I really, really love and, and just not try to explain anything about it. And that is the uh, pop punk uh, record that was put out by Machine Gun Kelly. We've talked about it before on one of our shows. How far out? Okay, get me out of this house. Get me out of my head. Get me a drink and cigarette. I just need to go out cause I can sleep when I'm dead Drop me off at the rocks on sunset Hey, yo it's called Tickets to My Downfall, and there's two versions of this record. One of them is an extended version that has like 21 songs, and I marvel at how none of those songs suck. Like, I don't know how you put out 21 songs, uh, and all of them are incredibly listenable, and I have that experience where I listen to the record, and I'm like, oh no, this one's my favorite. And then the next track starts, and I'm like, oh no, 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 this one's my favorite. Um, and, and that's just been a fun breath of fresh air, right? Like, first of all, who knew this white rapper was going to become a punk rock guy and hang yeah. out with Travis Barker. We've talked about the amazing Instagram video uh, uh, that Travis Barker took when he presented this to the record label um, on, on an episode of Rock and Roll Bedtime Stories. We talked about that. But it's just the whole the whole thing's amazing, and I highly recommend it if you have any appreciation for uh, that sort of power chord-driven, uh, snotty-nosed uh, rock and roll. It's very, very good. And then the my favorite album of the year is one that I had not heard anyone talk about until I saw, uh, and, and I was just uh, harassing people with my love for it. Um, 
one of those people was my brother. We talk about music a lot. And he uh, did me the favor a week ago of sending me a snapshot of something that he saw online that listed what Barack Obama has said are his favorite albums of the year. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and this was on it. And I felt incredibly vindicated because old Barry has been jamming uh, Spillage Village. Um, and that Spillage Village record called Spilligion, um, which is kind of a take on an old gospel record. Uh, and it is very, it, it, to me, it's just the album of the year for a lot of reasons. One of them is that it, 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 it really kind of just taps into the fear and the upset parts of this year, but also ultimately has a hope, hopefulness with it. And it's also a community record. I mean, they're a collective. And so there's all of these different voices kind of coming together on it. And it's just unbelievable. While smoking my weed, while smoking my weed, while smoking big gas inside this motherfucker dog. Please, Ashton, pass when you don't, then I'm a pal. Let the spliff bang to the heavens through the halls from your bathroom stalls. We drop shit like sloth too. I'm about to shake a loose. I got the jigsaw saw too. Local beef. And if you don't know Spillage Village, they're Atlanta-based. It involves it's a bunch of different acts: uh, Earth Gang, JID, uh, Ari Linux. Uh, there's just a whole bunch of them that all come together but it's really centered around earth gang who i think in a lot of ways is, is kind of the second coming of outcast uh 20 years later just brings a lot of that same energy and and goofiness and experimentation and when they're together with this group um it it really really works the best i think so spilligion by spillage village um <laughs> me and barack recommend yeah, uh, and I, I looked at Barack's uh, list, and I felt really weird because he seemed a little hipper than me. So there we are. <laughs> He's on it. I was with my brother the other night, and we were listening through some of the songs that were on that playlist, and I was like, can you just imagine Barack in the back of a town car just, like, bobbing his head to this stuff? Like, this just makes me happy. Um, okay, so, I mean, real quickly, some of the songs that made my – my top list for just tunes um a few that were very very on the nose like i mentioned um level of concern by 21 pilots um maybe the first song i heard used the word quarantine they got that out pretty quick and uh man that song just really stuck with me all year Do you like this song? Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's happy. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, made an amazing music video for it that I'll spoil for you. That Basically, they took this concept of being in quarantine and recording the tracks for this and then sending them back and forth to each other in the mail. Mm-hmm. So yeah. have you seen the video? No, I haven't. So throughout the video, they're uh, in their personal studios, like clearly in their basements, and then they're walking out of their house and putting this jump drive into the mailbox and then going back into their house. And it just keeps happening throughout the video. At the very end of the video, the camera pans out to reveal that they live next door to each other. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, so it's a, it's a really nice little, uh, just just a little bit of humor in, in the midst of something that otherwise is... I mean, I remember when that, that song feels like it came out a million years ago and it came out like in April. Um, yeah, time. Yeah, time is just... Uh, Another one that was a very early one in terms of songs about the quarantine is this cheesy 80s movie love song by Ben Rector called It Would Be You. Do you know this song? 
No? No, man, you're hitting me all with things that I don't it's, know. This oh, is dude, it's so cheeseball. But, I I mean, like, listen to the instrumentation. Was I'd want to spend about a hundred days with Laying in the yard Remember when we thought the quarantine was only going to be 100 days? Um, <laughs> no, I, I kind of, I, I, I never had that optimism. You did always know. You did always know. Ben Rector, on the other hand, thought it was just going to be three months. Wondering how this yeah. marriage has turned out for him. But, uh, I mean, you can hear it. It just, it sounds like it plays on the credits of a uh, John Cusack movie, but it's... It's a great tune, and it kept me smiling uh, throughout the year. A, a few others, real quickly, that just seem very, very pertinent this year. Um, and this one, I believe, uh, resonated with a lot of people. And this guy really can do no wrong. But it's that it's Anderson Pack's "Lockdown." Yeah, I know this record. Hey, hey. You should have been downtown. The people are rising. We thought it was a lockdown. They opened the fire. Them bullets was flying. Who said it was a lockdown? Goddamn lie. Oh my, time heals all, but you had a Well, time and now. you know, was this on a, was this on the president's playlist too? I, I, there was another Anderson song on his. Like this might have been, but I know that there's a more recent Anderson song with Rick Ross that was on there for sure. Oh yeah, okay. Um, but this tune, I mean, you know, a lot of people know we we both live in Louisville, Kentucky, and so this felt incredibly pertinent, specifically in Louisville this summer. You know, they said there was a lockdown, but everybody's out in the streets and, and you should have been downtown and things that people actually said to me right um in may and june this year and uh hearing this and the way he is he's just his he's so spot on both in his delivery but also in his lyrics and the way he's able to craft this message like he, he just is becoming one of the major voices um and popular music i think and it's just I, he used to just be the guy that was like on the back of Watsky records that I was listening to six, seven, eight years ago. And, and he would just sing the hooks and now he's somehow, you know, some people are going, who's Watsky. Right. Um, and, and Anderson has, has become the guy. Uh, but another, a couple more that aren't super on the nose, but that were just really a buddy of mine sent me the song 17 by pink sweats. And I listened to it literally like 10 times in the course of like three hours. I just cannot get enough of this song. Do you know this song? Nope, don't know this one either. I would need a million words If I tried to define All the things you mean to me For you I'd die a thousand lives Special kind of energy Cause love is born when hearts collide Every time you touch me, you remind me that I'm still alive. So promise you never change. And I always cheese much, Brian. Oh, dude. I, it's a cheese ball love song, man, but it's got that guitar, lead guitar line in it. Oh, dude. Listen to that, bro. All the reverb. 
I can't get enough of it, man. It, I don't know, man. I needed it. I needed it the middle of this year. Like it just came to me on a weekend. Who's my buddy yeah. Judd? Who's always who always knows when I need it. And he sent it to me, and I just like he's like, dude, I don't know about it. like I can't quit listening to this song, and I was like, bro, me neither. Um, it, it's it was the right thing at the right time. Um, okay, so I'm gonna get I'm gonna skip a couple. I, I loved I go to my heart by the Avett Brothers. I don't know if you listened to that one. Uh, yep, punk Pretty band right. I love called Man Overboard. Put out a they broke up a few years ago or kind of went on a hiatus, but they put out a random one off song called Lifeline that I loved. Zoe Weiss did a or was Zoe Weiss did a song called Control that kind of all of a sudden seemed to be everywhere that defined the year for me but the last two I'm going to play are uh, I'm trying to decide which order I think I'm going to go this order did you spend any time with Dominic Fike? nope Dominic Fike is this young kid who basically had been in and out of the New York Times did a 30 minute doc on him on Hulu um, and it's really interesting If you, but he basically had been in jail for some like misdemeanors or, or low level crimes and uh, he had been recording things on SoundCloud and like it all started to hit at the same time. Like I think when the song started to hit, he might've actually been incarcerated. Um, but he's just a great example of one of these people who doesn't approach from the perspective of a genre. And there's, it felt like there was more and more of this this year. And I think part of that is just the age of folks coming in to the creative space, right? In their late teens and early 20s who have been listening to this hybrid of stuff on their iPods, right? They weren't really listening to radio. They weren't really listening. You know, they were just taking whatever they thought was kind of cool and putting it together. And so it's all coming out kind of genreless. And his album is just, uh, it's, I don't even know how to describe it, but this song was the song that stuck I mean I could have picked any song off this record but this is the one that, that I think got a little more airplay or a little more play and, and notice and it's called Chicken Tenders and um, I do not apologize for the goofiness of this song because it's great Chicken Tenders in my nice yeah and the, you you may know three days there was a song before this album um that you probably have heard but yeah man this this would just put a smile on my face all summer long and uh, the whole the whole album is is worth checking out because he's just trying things it's just a young guy trying a bunch of stuff and it's kind of hip-hop and it's kind of indie rock and it's kind of punk rock and it's just all over the place um okay so last one and this one won't surprise you because you know my obsession with sean mendez but uh i can't get enough of wonder by sean mendez oh my gosh Sean Mendez. I may or may not be wearing a uh, hoodie that your daughter once owned from a Sean Mendez tour. And she reunited to you. Funny. If I'm being real, do I speak my truth or do I feel to how I feel? I wonder. And I will tell you, it's the horns in this song, man. Uh, in, in interviews, when this record came out, he basically said that he got really into listening to Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons, uh, you know, Can't Take My Eyes Off of You. And the instrumentation in that, combined with his love for uh, kind of mid-career Kanye records, 
and uh, that's really what it sounds like. And so the new album is like an unnecessary 15 tracks long, and about half of it is just radio pop that you know I'm sure the label really needed to perpetuate the Sean Mendez machine. But about half of it, which I have cut together on Spotify as its own standalone album that I call the uh, Sean Mendez. Uh, stoner cut ep it's six tunes and they're all that weird kanye west frankie valley in a blender thing and they all play together seamlessly as like one big long piece and uh i highly recommend my personal cut of the new sean mendez record because <laughs> it makes me really happy it's just lots of horn instrumentation and uh sean mendez just you know just yelping over stuff so uh yeah there you go i don't know what that does to my cool points i think your picks may have been a little bit a little bit cooler than mine but uh, i'll stand by them i don't know man who knows this point you gotta gotta take right you gotta take what gets you through the year man uh that's all i'll say about that yeah so those are our picks so you can go and and uh if you want to hear the full playlist of both of the things that we've uh we've covered just make sure and head over to the story guys uh, we are the story guys at gmail.com is a way you can get involved and send us your own list. And then, yeah, of course, that website is we are the story guys.com. It couldn't be simpler. We'd love to hear from you. And meanwhile, in 2021, we have plans to continue both uh, the story guys pod and rock and roll bedtime stories. Plus, we have some new stuff launching on the network, including hypotheticals, a another kind of weird quasi game show goofball uh, comedy show with uh, our friends Charles Wilkerson and Kelsey Hall. I appear to moderate on episodes but um, it's really their show and we launch uh, a officially on January 6th with new episodes but there is a, a pilot episode up now if you look uh, either at our website at wearethestoryguys.com under podcasts or you can anywhere you like to stream your shows uh, just look up hyper theticals and uh, you will find that show there so since 2020 is almost over make sure you and your friends keep telling keep quarantino stories stories <laughs> Hey, it's Brian from Story Guys, and I am so excited to announce a brand new show on the Story Guys Network, starring my friends Kelsey Hall and Charles Wilkerson. It's another goofball game show of sorts based on a game written by pop culture enthusiast and writer Chuck Klosterman. It's called Hypertheticals. And yes, I get to hang out on the show too. But just as the moderator, see, it's a show based around the idea that small talk sucks and the kind of questions you should be asking are the ones where the answers don't matter as much as how you get there. Let's just say it leads to a lot of deep discussions, some real weirdness, and a lot of laughs. Check out some of these highlights from season one. And that's when I would become the oldest Instagram influencer ever and be like, well, you see, my secret to life is me undies. I just bought some. On your friends' fridges, what do they have your name listed under? Good time. For a good time call? All right. I will make no comment about that. (laughs) Not like that. Excuse number two is, oh, I was sleep high kicking because I was dreaming I've always wanted to be a rockette. And so one thing led to another. And If somebody called me, if a cop called me, well, I probably shouldn't say this on a podcast, but. Do you or do you not have the dreaded plague? I, I do not. I had allergies. But I did wonder for a split second if maybe it was early onset vampire. (laughs) Do we have a shrink we can dial in online for? Uh, I don't. I don't. (laughs) Apparently I need one. I was going to say, Kelsey. 
It's Hypotheticals. Check out the first full-length episode now wherever you download quality audio, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor FM. And get ready for new episodes every Wednesday starting January 6th. I'm glad I have you guys to talk this out with in case this ever actually happens.